Today, I'll review some major injury news as we get closer to opening day. I'll give you some undervalued and overlooked players who are making waves in spring. I'll look at ADP risers and fallers to find you the most value, and I'll continue my Sabermetrics tutorial. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. I'm Taylor Tarter, and this is Fastball Fantasy Baseball. Let's get into it. We're going to start off with some disappointing injury news, but it won't be all doom and gloom. We'll talk about some injury recoveries as well. So Carlos Carrasco has a hamstring tear that's going to keep him out for perhaps up to two months. Beyond that, he'll have to also slowly work back to being able to pitch in a full game. So we might not see Carrasco pitch in a game and, and matter until mid to late June at the earliest. He'd been dropping an ADP since there was news that he was hurt, but up until this point, the worry was about his elbow. Carrasco was considered a top 25 pitcher in fantasy baseball going into the season and was somebody that a lot of people saw as a player who could finish closer to top 15. Now I don't see how you can draft him inside of the top 30 or 35 pitchers. I'd rather have Morton, Bundy, Musgrove, Ian Anderson, all of whom are going much later uh, because at least right now they're all healthy and I expect their output if they play a whole season to be better than what Carrasco is going to give me in two-thirds of a season. It appeared at first that Kirby Yates only had a strained muscle in his forearm. Toronto Star reporter Laura Armstrong said that he has had a second opinion, and at this point the Jays are saying that he'll need Tommy John surgery. She said she knew uh, she, she said the team knew of his previous injuries and that signing him would be a high-risk, high-reward situation. Jays manager Charlie Montoyo has also insinuated that uh, he'll go with a committee at this point for saves. It's most likely Jordan Romano and Rafael Dolis picking up most of the saves, though uh, Phelps, Chatwood, and Barucki could be in the mix too. I would just rather stay away from that bullpen altogether. Uh, Zach Gallen uh, is another big name who is, uh, is on the injured list right now, not officially, but uh, he's an injured player. Uh, he's dealing with an injury. Zach Gallen hit well uh, at bat during batting practice a little over a week ago. He had an MRI and an x-ray which have revealed a hairline fracture in his right forearm. That is not good news. He said it doesn't affect most of his pitches when he throws, but there is discomfort when throwing his curveball. He's still uh, able to play catch. So the extent to which this is going to affect him is still up in the air. It's unlikely he opens the season on the active roster at this point, though. I, I would have to imagine that it's going to keep him out of games. There's no timetable, though, for how long he'll be out. Now, my medical expert has suggested that a typical hairline fracture takes between 6 and 12 weeks to heal. So that could be the range that we're looking at. Now, obviously, he'll have to be evaluated by team doctors, and they're going to make the call. He's being drafted right now as a top 20 pitcher. And if your draft is still ahead of you, you may want to hold off. Uh, I would imagine he's going to drop from a top 60-ish overall selection to closer to 80 or 100. And that would mean drafting players like Corbin Burns, Kyle Hendricks, Max Freed ahead of him, which I think is a good call for right now just because of the injury concern. 
Uh, Jose Leclerc is dealing with elbow issues that could keep him out of the Rangers bullpen for a while. They're already dealing with an injury to fellow reliever Jonathan Hernandez that's going to keep him out for at least 60 days on the IL. Now, this likely means that Ian Kennedy at least starts the season as a closer in Texas, and you know he, he might be uh, the closer for a while there, uh, especially if this turns into Tommy John for Leclerc. Sonny Gray is another pitcher who's dealing with some injury woes. Lots of pitchers uh, recently dealing with some stuff. He is having back issues that he was also dealing with at the end of last season. He's trying to avoid an IL stint by getting treatment for the issue, and there's a good chance that he's going to miss a start or two at the beginning of the season, but that's not enough for me to downgrade him significantly in my rankings. What will push me to do that is if we find out that he is going to miss you know a month or more steven strasberg of the nationals was dealing with a calf issue but through 74 pitches in a simulated game last friday he looks basically ready to go probably one more spring start uh and he should be ready uh the team including manager davey martinez uh they're not worried uh, Victor Robles left a game over the weekend because of back tightness, though. Now, Robles has been having an exceptional spring, so this is disappointing for both the Nats and fantasy managers. Hopefully, he won't be out too long. A couple other Nats injuries. Uh, Will Harris was diagnosed with a blood clot in his left arm. It's a scary situation. Um, hopefully, things turn out okay for him. The Nats bullpen was looking better than it's been in a while, but Harris could be out for a while with this. Tanner Rainey is also dealing with some velocity issues in spring training, and so they have some things to figure out in Washington. Mariners outfield prospect Jared Kelenic is another player who is returning from an injury. He played last week after dealing with a knee injury that looked like it could have kept him out until after the start of the season, but he should be on track to start the season on the major league roster. Seattle may hold him back to manipulate his service time, but it looks like he's healthy and ready to go. If you picked up Chris Sale in leagues as a speculative midsummer edition, you are going to be disappointed. Uh, he is apparently suffering setbacks in his recovery from Tommy John surgery. There's still not a concrete timetable for his return, but it's looking like it's going to be after June, potentially into August at this point. And it seems like everybody in the Reds bullpen is hurt. TJ Antone is having issues with his hip flexor. A lot of people like him in the bullpen this year. Michael Lorenzen is dealing with a shoulder strain. Lucas Sims is coming back from elbow injuries. Uh, if you're an Amir Garrett owner, this this is good news for you. Uh, Sims is probably the only one that's uh, healthy right now that could push Garrett for for saves. Um, you know, out of out of the Reds pitchers in that bullpen. At least the Reds are getting Joey Votto back after he had to quarantine because of COVID. One piece of positive injury news is that Noah Syndergaard is looking really good in his recovery. He hit 96 miles per hour in a bullpen session on Thursday last week. The Mets front office thinks he'll be back by June. And so what we'll do next is take a look at some hot and cold springs. That Hansel's so hot right now. I'm going to give you a few guys here who I'm either adding to my draft boards or I'm moving up in my rankings based on their spring training performances. And I'll do the same for those players who are dropping as well. 
Boston first baseman Bobby Dahlbeck is moving up my draft board. He seems like a straight-up traditional three true outcomes type of player. He's tied for the lead in spring training with six home runs as of recording this before Wednesday, uh, but he also has six walks and 15 strikeouts and 36 at-bats. And if you don't mind sacrificing the batting average, he could be a nice option for your corner infield or utility slot. A few other players in the same boat, you know, power hitters that might be batting average risks that are creeping up my rankings are Joey Gallo and Jock Peterson. Evan Longoria is somebody who's having a nice spring training, but he's getting totally overlooked in drafts. And if you're in a deep league, he's a really sneaky option. I've been preaching Evan Longoria for three years now. You know, he's, uh, you know, the, the last few years, he's been hitting the ball harder than he ever has in his career. And he's going to start and he's going to get playing time. Uh, so, you know, I would expect 20 home runs, 250 batting average, and that's definitely worth a roster spot in, in a deep league. Uh, he's really good for a late sleeper. Willie Castro of Detroit is another overlooked player who's having a good spring training. He had a bit of a breakout in 2020 as Detroit's shortstop, and I could see him hitting 15 to 20 home runs, stealing 10 bases, somewhere around like a 250, 270 batting average. Shortstop is a deep position this year, but he should be owned more widely than he is. CJ Crone needs to be drafted like a top 15 first baseman. He's going to get the job in Colorado. Uh, he's going to, the Bud Black has basically said that. He's going to hit a ton of home runs. Course Field is going to balloon his batting average like it does to everyone who plays there. I would take him over Hosmer. I'd take him over Reese Hoskins, Christian Walker, Mountcastle, and Sano. Baltimore outfielder Austin Hayes is impressing me in spring training. He should win the center field job for the Orioles. Um, a couple other outfielders are also turning things around in spring training. Elo Jimenez finally started to hit, and Tommy Pham, who got shanked outside of a nightclub in the fall, he's also picked up a couple of hits. Neither are picking up any steals right now, though. Likewise, there are a few players I'm moving down my draft board because of prolonged trouble here in spring training. I think this is finally the year where things come back down to earth for Tim Anderson. He's had a super high BABIP over the last two years or so when he's done really well statistically. And things are looking like they're kind of evening out in that department in spring training. He's got 10 hits and 43 at-bats, but only seven strikeouts, uh, which is you know good for him. But the problem is he doesn't walk. He's only got one walk in those at-bats. I'm fading Anderson. He's being drafted outside, just outside the top 50 overall players. And that's crazy to me. I would so much rather have a player like Dansby Swanson or Marcus Semyon who are going 60 picks later or players like Didi Gregorius and Tommy Edmond who are going later at that. I'm also moving Dalton Varsho down my rankings. He has you know, an interesting positional combo of being an outfielder and catcher. He can run, but that's about it. And right now, a 143 batting average, 13 strikeouts, one walk and no steals and 42 at bats in spring is, is kind of worrying me. The dual position eligibility is not enough for me to draft him and neither is a potential for steals. You got to get on base to get steals. It's a good sign that Jose Altuve has picked up a couple of walks or else he would just, you know, I, I would just think he would be totally lost at the plate. Now, maybe things pick up for him once the season starts. 
you know, maybe he just doesn't care about spring training. He isn't putting in the effort. We, you know, we don't know what these players are doing or thinking during spring training, but man, he looks bad and I am totally fading him in drafts. Eddie Rosario is not looking very good either. He's going around pick 75 overall in most drafts and that's around 21, 22 for outfielders, you know, in a 10 team league, he might be somebody's second outfielder and he is not having the best spring. He's not striking out all that much. He's just not getting a lot of hits. And I wonder if, you know, it's because he's not seeing the ball. Well, I'm just not sure, but it is worrying me. I would take players like Kevin Biggio or Lourdes Gurriel over Rosario at this point. Uh, Keston Hira is continuing to struggle That's really worrying me. He's got 13 strikeouts and 31 at-bats. He is getting drafted as a top 10 second baseman, probably because a lot of people are anticipating he's going to become first base eligible. I'd rather have Mike Moustakas, who's going 20 picks later. Now, before the break, I want to take a quick look at some ADP risers and fallers in the last week. Gavin Lux has seen a huge uptick in ADP in the last week. He's having a good spring, but good enough to make him the number 18 second baseman that's being drafted. I guess so. You know, I'm sure he's going to finish around that top 20 and at second base. Uh, but the problem is right now he's not guaranteed that starting job at second base. And, you know, you, you as a fantasy manager should want to get out of the gate with, players who are going to play every day and rack up stats for you. A problem with him is that he has not hit a home run in spring. And a lot of fantasy managers are anticipating that the home runs will come, but he didn't really hit home runs throughout the minors. He, you know, in, in uh, double and triple a, he had a total of 26 home runs. And before that he was not a home run hitter. He was not a power hitter. Uh, he also, again, hasn't earned the job Uh, at second base he might be a bench player he might be a platoon player why not take somebody who whose managers have said they are going to be starting right you have uh, Tommy LaStella who's going 30 picks later you have Ty France who's going 50 picks later than Lux Gavin Lux might be really good I just think you have much better value elsewhere uh, for players who are going to finish around the same place as him uh, by the end of the year. Ryan McMahon is trending up in ADP as well. He's another player who is going to start somewhere for Colorado. Uh, he's multiple position eligible, and he's going after Gavin Lux. He's going 22nd among first baseman and third baseman, which if you're going to slot him in at first and third, I think that's the right spot for him. He's a good option around that, you know, 200, 220 pick range. Uh, Shohei Otani continues to climb in drafts as well. He's up to around pick 110 overall. He's being drafted ahead of players like Dansby Swanson, Marcus Semyon, Chris Bryant, Austin Meadows. Uh, He's being drafted well ahead of pitchers like Dylan Bundy, Patrick Corbin, Joe Musgrove. My worry is that he does not play enough at either pitcher or DH where he's eligible for players to extract maximum value from him. 
Now, if you're in a weekly league, I would just kind of avoid him because you have to select him to play in a certain position, uh, you know, for the uh, for the whole week. So you're going to lose out on on stats each week. Now, if you're a very savvy, dedicated uh, man, daily league manager, you might be able to extract the most value. But I would much rather have a player who's going to play every day at their position. And yes, there's value in having him pick up pitching and 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 hitting stats for you, but he can't play both positions at once, and that's going to take away value from him at each of those positions. You know, he, he's an injury risk. Uh, he's not going to pitch on normal rest, so he's rest, so he's not going to have uh, as many starts as most other pitchers. Uh, I just don't understand why he is getting drafted. As high as he is, I, I would rather pick so many other players over him. Uh, Orioles outfielder Austin Hayes, despite a solid spring, is dropping uh, a lot in uh, in ADP. Fantasy baseball managers are probably worried that he might not get the starting role. He's being drafted around pick 230. Clint Frazier is kind of in the same boat as him, and he's going 20 picks earlier. I don't understand that they could end up with really similar stat lines by the, by the end of the year. So I think Austin Hayes is a really good value late. Uh, and finally Trent Grisham, he has dropped a couple of spots to around pick 75. I think that is when you should be scooping him up. He is taking BP now after uh, sitting out with an injury uh, and he looks like he's going to be ready for opening day. And if not opening day, at least opening week, if he is slipping to you after players like Charlie Blackman or Michael Conforto, grab him and laugh at everyone else for missing out. I'm going to take a quick break. And afterwards, I'm going to continue reviewing some important sabermetric stats that you can use to help you identify players you want and don't want to draft and to help you make moves during the season. We'll get into that right after a word from my sponsor. Today we'll spend some time on one of the simpler pitching sabermetric stats to understand K9 or strikeouts per nine innings. We're also going to go over this one today because I think it's the most important for preseason scouting purposes. The rest of the pitching metrics are good to look at in season. Um, as is this one. So K9 or strikeouts per nine innings. It's really simple to understand. Basically, it's how many strikeouts a pitcher averages over nine innings. Now, rarely nowadays do pitchers go a full nine innings. The stat is not that. Uh, the way it's calculated is the number of strikeouts are divided by the number of innings, and then that, mul- that number is multiplied by nine. So a pitcher, let's say, goes 150 innings, and has 140 strikeouts. He has a K9 of 8.4. Conversely, a pitcher who pitches 140 innings and has 150 strikeouts would have a much better K9 rate of 9.6. Now, the strikeouts per nine innings stat is important when evaluating pitchers because it helps you gauge how proficient a pitcher is at getting outs, and especially you know, since most, if not every type of fantasy baseball league value strikeouts, the stat becomes super important to focus on and understand. Now, Fangraphs offers an evaluation tool to help you evaluate players on K9. According to them, uh, 
over 10 strikeouts per nine is excellent in that nine to 9.9 range is great. 8.2 to 8.9 above average, et cetera. For me, I simply don't bother looking for pitchers with a K nine under nine with very few exceptions. You know, some, some of those exceptions deal with other pitching stats. So they kind of make up for the, for the K nine rate being lower. The reason I target exclusively pitchers with over nine strikeouts per nine innings is that I know from game to game, I'm going to get that category filled up. And, you know, there's other bonuses as well. These are typically pitchers who don't pitch to contact, which inherently has its risks of, you know, those are pitchers that maybe have a higher rate of home runs or a higher rate of hits given up, um, you know, which could inflate the the whip. there are some pitchers, typically, you know, low K nine pitchers, that when they pitch, um, they're they're trying to get poor contact, basically, and sometimes that can backfire. Now, for a pitcher with high K nine, you sometimes get players like Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander who will give up home runs um, just because they throw hard. Um, but it, it's kind of a trade off I'm willing to make. Uh, the stats easy to find on fan graphs. You can look at the pitching leaderboard or search for a particular pitcher, check out their metrics. One thing I like to do is look at how a pitcher has done over, over, you know, years and see if their canine rate is improving. Then I'll go through and look and say, okay, well, what is uh, attributing to this? Is it, you know, are they throwing their curveball more? Uh, how are their different pitches grading? Um, and things like that. So you'll see that the top five players in strikeouts per nine last year are not going to be surprises, really. Shane Bieber, uh, DeGrom, Scherzer, Bauer, Denelson Lamette. Uh, some of the other players rounding out the top 10 aren't surprises either. Aaron Nola, Lucas Giolito, Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo, Brandon Woodruff, they're all there. Those are the qualified pitchers. Now, one thing you'll notice is that a lot of those uh, strikeouts per nine leaders are some of the top pitchers in baseball. And that's why you want to target those players with a high K nine. You know, if you're looking at that screen on fan graphs, you'll see other stats like ERA, FIP, XFIP, you know, those are all things you should be factoring into your decision-making process as well. When you're thinking of, okay, do I want to draft this guy? Where do I value him? Do I want to trade for him? Right. That sort of thing. So just based on, strikeouts per nine. I'm going to recommend a few players for you to look into aside from those kind of obvious top candidates. So Kenta Maeda, Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gassman, and Zach Eflin are, are, are all pitchers who average more than nine strikeouts per nine innings, but they don't get drafted in that top tier of, of like stud pitchers. Um, they are all sort of like middle in the pack, middle of the pack uh, in terms of walks. Uh, so they're not, you know, exceptional at getting walks, but they're not some of the worst. Uh, each of the players, each of them have had advanced ERA metrics, suggesting that last year their ERAs could have actually been better than they were. Uh, and that's something useful to consider as well. They all improved in walk rate from year to year. They didn't give up a ton of home runs. And, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to, to consider those guys for your third, fourth starter on your fantasy teams this year. Or if you're in deep leagues, your second guy. I'm not going to be um, – so I'm going to get into some uh, some 
uh, announcements here at the end. I'm not going to be publishing a new episode next Wednesday, uh, but I'll be back the following week to cover everything that happened in the first week and a half of the season. Throughout the year, I'm going to continue to do these uh, reviews of sabermetric stats. Um, Now, you can look this stuff up uh, on your own uh, as well if you want to get some more information. Um, Again, fan graphs, baseball references are really good resources. Now, uh, make sure you've subscribed to the show so you're notified when these new episodes publish. Uh, I've also got a fun, uh, very cool announcement coming uh, when the show returns. So make sure you uh, tune in. I'm currently writing uh, baseball, fantasy baseball, and baseball betting articles for thegameday.com. Go check out my articles there. I have uh, a few more articles that are coming out. Uh, Recently, I've published a few that are betting. So win totals uh, over under, you know, uh, Tigers, uh, Orioles, Padres, a couple other teams. Uh, So go check those out. I'll be writing about a bunch of stuff that I uh, cover uh, that I don't cover on the podcast. So go check out those articles there. Same thing uh, for another website, Creative Sports 2. That's the number two. I've got a column there called Three Strikes, and I'll be digging into things there that I won't on the podcast. Uh, So make sure you go check those out for more info. And then finally, please give the show a five-star rating. It really helps uh, helps me out a lot um, for when people search for, for fantasy baseball. It helps my show kind of pop up more. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram at Fastball Fantasy Baseball. Follow me on Twitter at Fastball Pod. Uh, and feel free to email the show at FastballFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. And I will respond. Thanks for listening.